and adhere to the word of God. If you, if you, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. If you read the words of this prophecy, if you hear the words of the prophecy, and if you keep those things that are written there in, the Bible says the time is at hand. That means it's right now. This is the time that you should do it. This is the time you should be reading the word of God. This is the time you should be hearing the words of the prophecy from Genesis to Revelation and keep those things that are written therein. I pray that your day has been blessed. We're getting ready to go into the word of God, the book of Ezekiel, the 40th chapter, beginning at the 6th verse. But, but I hope you feel like I do and, and let the Lord know that there's nobody greater Nobody greater than you. Just keep that in your heart. Just remind yourself, no matter what you're going through, there's nobody greater. There's nobody greater. There's nobody greater than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Ezekiel is, is what has brought us to um, <laughs> into the book of Revelation, because as we are have been studying the book of Ezekiel uh, from the first chapter through through where we are today, it has led us into a prophetic word where the Lord was dealing with the children of Israel and. Uh, he needed to straighten them out. Uh, somebody said that um, preparation precedes the blessing. And so many times we pray for a blessing and we don't prepare for it. The Lord prepared the children of Israel for a blessing that we're reading upon, that we're studying about. And so as we have seen, the Lord is chasing those that was disobedient. He blessed those that were not uh, but uh, they were in captivity and everybody suffered. Don't you know that you could be living saved and, uh, and someone in your household can mess up in such a way that, that you'll find yourself in captivity. You'll find yourself going through situation after situation and trying to figure out why. And it, the Lord told, told them to go, in, to go check A-chan, uh, Joshua. Bible students go to the book of Joshua and uh, there was sin in the camp and they, he had taken something and hid it and, and so it, it's smart to pray for your children to pray uh, Job did it he, he said I, I'm going to pray for my children I'm going to offer up sacrifices for them pre-adventure uh, that they've done something to offend the Lord and, and so you need to pray for your children you, you need to pray for your spouse husbands pray for your wives wives pray for your uh, your husband Pray for your family members. Call their name out and, and ask the Lord to bless them to live saved so that they don't do something to offend the Lord and cause havoc. And so the children of Israel did some things to offend the Lord, but the Lord said, for my name's sake, for my name's sake, I'm going to deliver you. For my name's sake, I'm going to give you a new heart. For my name's sake, I'm going to put my commandments in you and, and I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. I'm going to redeem you as the plan was. And so uh, in the 37th chapter, I've been 
as I've been uh, listening to the word of God I, and, and as I prepare um, on Tuesday night's Bible class, I started listening to the 37th chapter repeatedly because it just leaves me in awe how the Lord told, uh, had Ezekiel to prophesy with those bones. First, he showed them the valley of dry bones that was very dry uh, and, you know, no hope, hopeless situation. You ever find yourself in a hopeless situation? You know, it just seemed like there's no answer. You've prayed, no answer. you fasted, no answer. You've given that special offering, no answer. Uh, someone has even, even uh, uh, prophesied to everybody in the church but you. No, no answer. No answer. And so it seemed hopeless. And uh, the Lord told Ezekiel that these bones are going to live. I'm paraphrasing, cutting through, uh, but he told them that they're going to live. And in 1948, those bones came alive and Israel became a nation. And uh, in one day, it became a nation. A declaration was made. And so God can do it. He can do it. Whatever your situation may seem, seem hopeless, you stay in the will of God. You obey what God says. I've had some situations that have seemed hopeless. And the Lord has turned them around. I'm looking for the Lord to turn around a situation right now. You know, uh, people laughed at Israel. People will laugh at you. People talked about Israel. People will talk about you. People will come up with uh, uh, their ideal of why your situation exists. And all the time, they're missing the entire mark. You know, I, I was in a situation, and we're going to go into the Word of God where, you know, uh, People were saying some things and, and, you know, even to the point where make you believe that what they saying is true. And then one day the pastor walked up to me and said, you didn't do anything wrong. Just out the blue, you know, just changed the whole situation of my mindset because I was starting to really feel down. And uh, not only did, did the pastor come tell me that, but the person that that triggered initiated came and also said, you didn't do nothing wrong. So uh, God has a way of dealing and justifying you. And not only that, but elevation came afterwards. And so I just want to encourage you with that, that you stay focused on the Lord. You stay in, in God's will as Ezekiel did. And so Ezekiel says in the 40th chapter, beginning at the sixth verse, and I, and I don't plan to be long uh, before you. And, and I pray, a matter of fact, let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus ask that you would bless uh, each one of the sound of my voice. Lord God, that you would bless your word. Lord, your word to have preeminence. Your word, Lord God, to, to reign and to rule in our soul and every fiber of, fiber of our being. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. We honor you for your goodness. We honor you for your grace, Lord. Crown our heads with wisdom, knowledge, and uh, understanding. Lord, touch those that are sick in their body. Lord God, and those that we counsel with, those that we witness to, Lord God, uh, give us wisdom. We need your wisdom. We need your spirit of counsel. We need your spirit of understanding, Lord God. We need you, Lord. You know the need of every individual a lot better than I do, a lot better than uh, each of us. You know and you understand, Lord God. And so we pray and ask these blessings in the name of Jesus Touch those that have committed themselves to this ministry, Lord God, to helping in ministry, to helping in growth, Lord, helping to nurture souls, 
Lord God, that, that, that have given themselves to work in your kingdom. Lord, I pray a blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I not just pray that I declare a blessing upon them, Lord God, as we seek to do your will, as we seek to move forward into the greater vision. Lord God, that you would bless them, bless them financially. Bless them with your peace, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the book of Ezekiel, the 40th chapter, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Then came he unto the gate, which looketh toward the east, and went up the stairs thereof, and measured the threshold. And remember, Ezekiel had a vision, uh, and he saw a man that was there uh, with measuring rods, this man of uh, bronze, uh, and so um, he had measuring rods and everything, and he's talking about when he, he came to the gate, which looketh toward the east. So obviously Ezekiel's there looking too. And went up the stairs thereof and measured the threshold of the gate, which was one reed broad, and the thresh, and the other threshold of the gate, which was one reed uh, broad. And every little chamber was one reed long and one reed broad. And between the little chambers were five cubics and the threshold of the gate by the porch of the gate wherewith was one reed. He measured also the porch of the gate within one reed. Then measured he the porch of the gate eight cubits and the post thereof two cubits and the porch of the gate was inward. And the little chambers of the gate eastward were three on this side and three on that side. And they were of one measure and the post had one measure on this side and on that side. And he measured the breadth of the entry of the gate 10 cubits and the length of the gate 13 cubits. The space also, therefore, the uh, little chambers were one cubit on one side and the space was one cubit on the other on the side and the little chambers were six cubits on the this side and six cubits on that side. He measured then the gate from the roof of one little chamber of the roof of another and the breadth of five and twenty cubits door against door. He made also posts of three score cubits even unto the post of the court round about the gate and from the face of the gate of the entrance unto the face of the porch of the inner gate were 50 cubits and there were narrow windows to the little chambers and to their posts within the gate round about and likewise to the arches and windows were round about inward and upon each post were palm trees now what he is describing here is the east gate leading to the outer court. Now, Bible students, uh, there's something very uh, special about this east gate. There's something that is very significant that you cannot ignore. And so I'm leaving this open so that you can, and, and I pray that you will, uh, spend some time reading the 40th chapter and and go ahead and to uh, read more. Matter of fact, the more you uh, follow along, not just following, but advanced reading as well, it causes God to 
uh, to send the word that answers and covers those things that you have uh, engaged in. And so uh, he says that uh, the temple, uh, I saw a wall completely surrounding the temple. I, I went back to the fifth verse. And the length of the measuring rod in the man's hand was six long cubits, each of which was a cubit and hand breadth. He measured the wall. It was one measuring rod thick and one rod high. Now, a cubit uh, or cu cubits uh, is about nine feet, six Six long cubits is about nine feet. Now, in this damn time, you have, um, we can Google things, you know, we can, uh, unlike the, it was when, when some of uh, bishops and others that I know in ministry, uh, they didn't have the, the tools that we have to, to see things and figure things out more quickly. So they had to go through another med method. But when I Google this information, it shows... Uh, this six long cubits is about nine feet. And a hand breadth is about two and a half to four inches. A measuring rod is approximately uh, five yards or five and a half yards. And he said, I saw a wall completely surrounding the temple area. There was something surrounding the temple. There's something surrounding the temple. And as you know, walls and gates are used to keep things in and to keep things out. We all have experienced walls. Maybe you have some property or maybe you live someplace where there's a fence around where you live and there's a gate, you know, and certainly gated pools and different things to help protect people we love, to help protect people we don't know because someone could wander in and hurt themselves or be hurt. Uh, you know, because they had ill intentions. And so uh, a physical wall, protecting our valuables. But we also have mental walls where things have, where we've put up mental walls. We've put up emotional walls and different things to protect ourselves for various reasons. Uh, some are good reasons. Uh, some are not so good. Uh, when I say not so good, I mean that, that it's maybe something that we caused ourselves. And so uh, now we have this, uh, this block that needs to be worked out. But then there are uh, those that have caused the wall and they've added bricks onto it. And so there are different type of walls that are put up for the reason of protection. The Bible says when the sons of God came together, Satan mentioned the wall that was around Job. Yeah, and so a wall can be a spiritual hedge that God has around you. He protects us. We're not just living here saved and, and in danger at every moment of something happening to us because God protects us. And God also, as he did with Job, um, allowed things to occur. God may recommend you. Now, everything that happened in our lives is not a recommendation of the Lord. It could be something self-inflicted uh, because we do some things sometime without listening. We do some things without praying or, or as you hear people say often on TV, the radio, I, I know this don't go on in your house. You know, I'm grown, you know, and, and so uh, and so we cause self-affliction. However, uh, there was... Uh, to protect the temple, a wall. 
and you should have a wall protecting your temple too. Uh, they used to sing a song that says, my body belongs to God. If you are a child of God, you, you belong to the Lord, then you, you need to protect that body. We don't just ingest anything. We don't run around playing with poison. We don't play with snakes. And we don't do things that endanger ourselves. Uh, we don't, uh, it's speeding down the street. Uh, this is a temple that belongs to God. I, I need to be smart in what I do because this, because God needs this body. And just like he needs yours. And so we need to be smart because these bodies belong to God. He don't mind if your husband touch that body. He don't want anything unsanctified touching that body. Should nobody touch that body but your husband. Should nobody touch that body but your wife. He don't, he don't mind the wife taking complete advantage of that body because uh, she's sanctified. Whether she is saved or not saved, that body belongs to her. Whether he's saved or not saved, that body belongs to him. With all respect, that goes along with that. I'm not one of those ministers that say, that believe in, in telling somebody that, that, you know, obey your, uh, you, you need to obey me. You know, you've heard that said in, uh, in various places, but no, not here. That, because the Bible goes, goes a lot deeper than that. It said, husband gives you, uh, as, as Christ loved the church, and Christ gave himself for the church to the point of death. So before any man should say, uh, obey me, you need to make sure that you're sacrificing yourself, that you're giving yourself wholeheartedly. Uh, and and uh, as the, the man of the house, as Christ have loved the church and gave himself for the church. And so I'm not going any further than that, but I just want you to know that God don't mind. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 7, 12, 14, but uh, to the to the rest speak I not the Lord if any man have a wife that believeth not and she be pleased to dwell with him let him not put her away and the woman which hath a husband that believeth not and if he be pleased to dwell with her let her not leave him I have seen people get saved and decided that they were way above their husband or wife and leave God forbid that's against the word of God for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Elsewhere, your children unclean, but now are ye holy. And so, just to just to make it plain and clear, you know that that body, that temple, belongs to God, but He don't mind that husband or wife touching it. And so, uh, he that findeth a wife, or he that find a woman that is willing to practice uh, matrimony, finds favor with the Lord. Unsaved husband and wives find favor with the Lord. The wall around the temple is there to keep wild beasts out. That include four-footed beasts, and it also include two-footed beasts. It's to keep thieves out. It is to keep the detestable things away that would defile the temple. And I don't think I need to say more, but don't defile the temple. That, that body belongs to God. Now, I know we're talking about the temple that Ezekiel is seeing, but I, I want you to understand that just like God feels very special and he's very particular about the temple that Ezekiel is looking at, he is even more particular about you. Then he went to the east gate. 
He climbed its steps and measured the threshold of the gate. It was, it was one rod deep. There were steps, and the measurements were about approximately five and a half yards. Note that you don't just uh, hear, the, the, uh, they didn't just walk up, walk through the gate. As if, and you know, I've arrived. I, I've walked, no, but uh, they had to go up in order to get into the gate and get into the to get into the area near a temple, near the temple. Ladies, gentlemen, you should require someone to come up. You don't just settle for anything. Uh, you know, uh, they need to come up mentally. Uh, if, if they don't come up mentally, where where do you think you're at? They need to come up emotionally. They need to come up equitably financially. They need to come up absolutely spiritually. They need to come up. You know, I, I, I have two sons, two daughters. And I really stress this to, the, to my sons, and they can attest to it, uh, that... And, and I drove it home multiple times and, and still we're driving home even today. Uh, and so some of you need to cover your ears, but I don't want you to be offended, but don't know woman won't know broke. And I'll let you fill in the blank. Yeah, we'll leave it like that. And uh, the men, you don't want to scrub. I know that, that uh, they talk about men being scrubbed, but there are women that are scrubs too that need to come up. You know, so so we haven't even got to talking about a skeezer or anything like that. But the point is, is that don't settle for just anything, but come up. They they were at the east gate. They were at the and there were stairs. They had to go up. You're the temple of God. They need to come up. First Corinthians fifteen forty six forty eight says, and so it is written: the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man, Adam, is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthly, so are they also that are earthly. And as is the heavenly, so are they that are heavenly. In other words, you're not going to be all spiritual, you know, and, and all uh, charismatic and, uh, you know, and every time somebody see you, you, you got a, a message and, uh, you know, and, and, and you can't help but speak in a heavenly language. You can't hold a decent conversation without it. Um, you know, uh, no, no, you're not all that spiritual. There's some stuff, there's something wrong with you. Jesus didn't do all of that. He spoke parables. He spoke on a level that which people could understand. First comes the natural. You're not going to be all spiritual and your natural situation is all out of whack. It don't work like that. If your natural situation is out of whack, you sure uh, is out of whack somewhere because your spirit man should be saying, pay that bill on time. Your spirit man should be saying, uh, put a little aside for the rainy day. Your spirit man should be giving you instructions that you're following that is going to make you look uh, more and more in order instead of 
out of order. All right, let's go on. I said I'm not going to be long. The seventh verse says the alcoves for the guard were one. You're, you're the temple of the Lord. And the temple is not going to be all shabby. I, I, you know, the sanctuary is a place that is supposed to be sanctified. Everything in the, in the sanctuary is supposed to be in order because it's the house of God. Uh, both the natural building and also the spirit man, your body, your temple should also be in order too. The alcove of the guard were one rod along and one rod wide. And the projecting walls between the alcoves were five cubits thick and the threshold of the gate next to the portico facing the temple was one rod deep. Now the alcove is a recess in the wall and used as a resting place, some place where the guards could rest. So the temple had guards uh, for obvious reasons and to protect the valuables and to keep those detestable things out. If you brought, if an animal was, it was to go into the temple, it, it was to be put to death, it was to be slain. And so, you know, um, in this day and time, due to political correctness, um, I've seen dogs in church. Uh, they comfort. Well, if that dog is comforting you, uh, what is God doing? Uh, well, this is my comfort dog. When you're not on an airplane, you're in the church. You know, the Bible said, if you keep your mind stayed on me, I'll keep you in peace. But I need my dog to keep me in peace. Well, in the, in the Bible, the dog would have been put to death for being in the temple. And so, uh, or whatever, your cat, whatever, your bird, parakeet, lizard, whatever you carry around. And so those things don't belong in the house of God. And so there was guards to protect the, and they had resting places uh, cut out, carved out in the wall. And so the guards who protected the temple had their resting place in the wall of the temple. And the, the, port, uh, the, the portico uh, is a building consisting of a covered often column area so that the alcohol of the gate for the guard has a covering to protect them from the element. You're not just anybody's resting place. But some people think that you're just a resting place. They can, they can just, uh, you know, get what they can from you. They can just rest on you. They can invite themselves in and, and you know, uh, I'm going to spend a night and, and they don't go home. But ladies, uh, no one should be getting the milk for free. Uh, gentlemen, uh, you need to have your own. Uh, ladies, if, they, if he's still living at home with his mother, is still living at home with his, uh, his, his, his uncles and aunties and don't have uh, the stability, uh, that's a red flag. That, that's a flag. Uh, uh, ooh. Uh, men's meeting. Men's meeting, uh, these, those, I have select words for men's meeting. But that brother, uh, he's 40, uh, 30, still at home, don't have his own. Listen, red flag, and you foolish if you don't listen to what is being said. I don't care what excuse is given. Uh, you need to handle business. And so uh, you're not just anybody's resting place. Uh, if he don't have his own, why is he moving in with you? Oh, uh, listen, listen. Unless he's going to pay, pay for the entire place. And, and I don't think that's going to happen. So let's go on. 
Then he measured the portico of the gate. It was eight cubits deep, and the jabs were two cubits thick. The portico of the gateway faced the temple. And he goes on, and I'm not going to go all into the rest of this because I told you I was not going to be long tonight. And he begins to iterate with reading scripture where he iterates, and, and, and I want you to go back and to continue from where I just left off from the eighth verse. So I've actually only read from a few verses there. But uh, the word of God. Now, you need to understand something. That we're reading about the natural temple, where there is a structure, there is order, well defined according to, the, to God, who is the architect of this design. Just like the natural temple of God is designed, structured, a, a certain way that it's supposed to look inside and out. You're his temple too. And he expects each of us to look the way he desires. Not the way you desire. Well, you know, I got this body and I'm going to show it off to everybody. No, that's not God's plan. It's not his plan that you show off everything to everybody. His plan is that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him. That is what the temple is for. That is when we come into the temple, we're coming to present our bodies unto the Lord as a living sacrifice. We're presenting ourselves, Lord, this is what you desire. And here I am to show you that I am becoming, I said becoming, not I, that I've arrived already, but I'm becoming that which you desire me to be. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for us to become what he desired us to be. Bless your Lord Jesus. Listen, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. I hope to see you here in the sanctuary or to see you there because we've been caught up. Until then, be blessed and rest in the Lord. Listen, if you've been blessed, Share the gospel with someone else. Point them to, to Google, SML Inside the Pages. We'll be found a lot on, on iHeart, Spotify, and uh, Amazon, you know, and other carriers. Remember the songs featured are respectively the property of the songs, Simons, the artists, and other producers. Until then, God bless you. Be blessed. Be blessed and bless someone else. Someone